Hi everyone, welcome to one more episode of the O-Plane podcast where I talk with innovators and entrepreneurs that are transforming the aviation industry. First of all, let me repeat the usual reminder that you can find all the previous episodes of this podcast as well as many other aviation stories on our website, allplane.tv. That's A-L-L-P-L-A-N-E dot TV. Today we're going to talk about electric aviation, a topic that we revisit regularly in this podcast. And to do so, we connect with Australia, although our guest is actually from Spain. David Doral is the co-founder of Dante Aeronautical, a firm that has recently made headlines because it has announced a partnership with two Spanish airlines, Volotea and Air Nostrum to develop electric flight technology for regional flights. We're not talking yet about a brand new airplane, although David's team has also been working on that. And they have produced some really cool, eye-catching renderings of how it would be like. The first step would be to retrofit existing aircraft with hybrid electric systems, such as the ones manufactured by Canadian firm Magnix, that is a partner of Dante Aeronautical. This is why Dante Aeronautical Uh, David's firm, is currently working in Australia, where it's a partner of Sydney Seaplanes, a firm whose founder was also on this podcast not long ago, explaining his plans to be one of the first airlines in the world to operate commercial electric flights. But besides these specific projects, David has also very extensive experience in aeronautics and in the field of electric aviation in particular. So we talk about the general prospects of electric aviation, its pros and cons. So without further ado, let me welcome David to the podcast. Hi, David. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you for having me here today, Mikael. Well, it's a pleasure. You are joining us from the other side of the world in Australia, although you're originally from, you're originally from Spain, but um, you've been working in Australia already for quite some time. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we had here on the podcast uh, one of the companies that you are closely working with, mm-hmm. Sydney Seaplanes. Mm-hmm. has a very, very exciting electric seaplane project that mm-hmm. you are part of. And Today, I wanted to ask you about um, quite a few things because the company that you represent, Dante Aeronautical, is active in the field of electrical aviation, and you have been taking part in a number of very interesting projects. The latest one is a project that you are working on together with a couple of Spanish airlines, also in the field Mm -hmm. of electrical aviation. And we're going to talk about all these now. But first of all, I would like to ask you, like all guests, to introduce yourself. Uh, what's your background and, and uh, what is Dante Aeronautical and what's uh, the story behind this uh, startup company? Yeah, sure. So um, again, you know, thank you for having me. A pleasure to uh, to be with you today. Uh, and just a little bit of in, an introduction about myself. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm from Spain, born and raised in Madrid, where I uh, uh, studied aerospace engineering. Um, uh, soon after I finished, yeah, I started, you know, moving around. Uh, and I actually have to say that uh, most of my professional life has been away from Spain. I started working for Aernova uh, back in the 90s, uh, but then I started moving, uh, worked for Boeing for a while, 
uh, Airbus. Uh, back then, you know, I used to do uh, stress engineering. So that's, you know, where I started. Um, along the way, I also got uh, an MBA, uh, you know, within SEAD then moved into management. Uh, in the last 10 years or so, I've had uh, executive positions for uh, uh, mid-sized first years, uh, like Artex Solutions uh, in the south of Spain, M Torres, a technology provider that uh, provides uh, FP technology to, uh, you know, the large primes and uh, also uh, work for a, a quick step here in Australia, a composite manufacturer. Uh, and uh, well, all of this uh, idea about uh, Dante Aeronautical, because just to give you a little bit of uh, also introduction about uh, the company, uh, I came up with this idea with uh, about Dante Aeronautical, like you know, uh, around three years ago, uh, while I was still uh, working for uh, M Torres. Um, simply because yeah, we're getting closer to um, yeah, all these uh, you know uh, little and not so little startups uh, trying to develop urban air mobility concepts, uh, basically about electrification. Uh, simply because uh, that was part of the uh, the Mtor's business, try to uh, uh, produce uh, uh, composite structures for uh, those companies. The company you were working for, Torres, it's it's an. Um... Aerostructures company in no M Torres is a technology provider that was yeah more than three years ago. Uh, M Torres is a, a provider of uh, AFP automated fiber placement technology, so uh, uh, machines to produce uh, composite structures. Okay, uh, and uh, yeah, you know, I would say that uh, all the composite uh, large aircrafts built in uh, in the world right now from Airbus and Boeing tend to use those machines. And that's you know, a Spanish company that uh, builds those machines. Okay. So as part of that, we're also looking into other sectors. Electrification was uh, a very um, relevant one for us, simply because, you know, you know that uh, flying taxes, EVTOLs, whatever you want to call it, uh, anything that is going to be electric will have to be lightweight, uh, at least if you, decide, uh, if you design that from scratch. Uh, and uh, yeah, that will be a, a market for anybody that is related with uh, composite structures. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I started looking into that. Uh, one reason, you know, because of the, the personal attraction that I felt to that sector. But I also started seeing that there could be an opportunity there. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought that there was probably a little bit uh, too much hype around urban air mobility. And what I thought that there could be a, a bigger opportunity that... Uh, my mind is still untapped, is around uh, regional aviation. Uh, because uh, yeah, that type of, uh, I mean, that segment, uh, I'm talking about flights under maybe 600, 500 kilometers, uh, is uh, a segment of uh, the aviation industry that is uh, ready for disruption. Uh, because the technology as it is right now and as, it, as it's going to be in the future, uh, I think that is ready uh, to uh, uh, you know, basically change the way that uh, those aircrafts work, uh, to basically uh, repower those aircrafts with, uh, with the electric power plants. Mm-hmm. The actual uh, original idea from Dante was developing a brand new aircraft, uh, a hybrid aircraft, uh, yeah, simply to, uh, to be able to reach the, the ranges that uh, uh, we would think uh, the, the technology or, or we would think that would be needed in order to make a, a, a good business case out of it. Uh, because the, the problem with uh, electric aircrafts and uh, uh, yeah, even flying taxis is that uh, only with batteries, yeah, you're going to have a big challenge. Uh, mm-hmm. in terms of uh, what kind of missions you can do. So what we think was, look, you know, let's come up with a hybrid aircraft uh, that uh, can basically, you know, replace completely the kind of turboprops that you can find nowadays. Moreover, 
thanks to the, the more efficient nature of electric power plants, you're going to be more competitive and you're going to be able to uh, uh, service new routes, routes that right now you cannot fill with the large aircraft. And that's where the idea came from. Uh, and uh, we started working again, you know, on a, on a brand new aircraft, although, you know, recently things have changed slightly. Okay, so that's the Anteronautical. Yes. And you have a teams distributed between Australia, where you are currently based, yes. Yes. And, yes. and Spain, where you have exactly. part of your team. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I had a look at your website and I've seen you do a number of different things. You do consulting in mm -hmm. the field of electrification. Yep. You also do aircraft conversions, so I mm -hmm. imagine you, you can take a conventional aircraft and, and fit it mm -hmm. with electric engines. And yep. then you are developing new concepts as well. And we're going to talk about yep. that in detail now because you recently announced just a few days ago a brand new concept in cooperation with two Spanish airlines, uh, Volotea and Ernostrum, that are two airlines mm -hmm. that operate in, a, in the regional, regional space. And then you also have this cooperation in Australia with um, Sydney Seaplanes, that it's, uh, it's an uh, operator that is, oper uh, well, it's flying also regionally with uh, rather small planes, but that has uh, some interesting ideas uh, to open new routes in Australia. Um, so what, what's your, what would you define now as your core business? Are you more into the yeah. retrofit, consulting? Yeah, so um, I guess that the the most relevant projects that we're trying to uh, move forward is uh, the retrofit, the conversion of existing aircraft into electric. And the reality is that uh, not just uh, this, this project with Sydney Seaplanes here in Australia, but also the project that has been recently announced with uh, Volotea and Air Nostrum are about retrofitting existing aircrafts. Uh, it's about, uh, yeah, in, in initially, you know, the, the first uh, step would be retrofitting Sydney Seaplanes aircrafts here, and that was uh, where all of this idea started. Uh, as I said before, the original uh, concept from uh, Dante Aeronautical was developing a, a brand new aircraft, but we've been, what we've been seeing in the last 18 months is that uh, there could be significant interest uh, from existing operators, particularly operators like uh, Sydney Seaplanes, flying small aircrafts, small aircrafts and short routes to go into electric, uh, simply because electric is more efficient and uh, cleaner and all of that. Uh, and we're trying to apply the same concept to uh, Volotea and uh, Ernostum, okay. uh, although today yeah, they're, they're operating bigger aircrafts. Yeah, uh, that's what I wanted to ask you because uh, both Volotea and Air Nostrum now are flying larger aircraft and I think that the project you presented was for an aircraft of up to 19 seats, yep. right? Which yep. is, is a size range where most electric projects are currently yep. uh, because yep. of, of limitations with battery technology. And that, but uh, uh, neither of those two airlines have currently aircraft in their fleet yeah. that, that can be retrofitted this way. And also um, the rendering, you, like all the, the press releases came with these renderings. That it's, it's like a brand new aircraft, which I guess it's the, the one you were referring to, right? The, yeah, and, and I have to admit that, uh, yeah, you know, uh, that render is the one that uh, you can see in our website. And that was the original concept, the DASC, mm -hmm. sorry, DAX 19. Uh, that is a brand new uh, hybrid uh, electric aircraft. 
but uh, the press release didn't include that picture at all. Has been, you know, some journalists when they receive the 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 press release, they I think that they ran to see what uh, they could find about us in our website, and they took that picture and that image, and they yeah, simply integrated that into their their uh, articles, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, that wasn't the intention. In the reality, if if uh, you read the press release and the articles, uh, yeah, is that we're planning to retrofit aircrafts for both Volotea and Air Nostrum, uh, because the idea is to be able to produce, to bring something to market in a reasonable amount of time, uh, not you know seven, eight, ten years. That that's you know the minimum period that uh, it would take to to develop a brand new aircraft. Mm-hmm. So basically. The cooperation with these two airlines, from what I read, they are providing you with data about their operations and the market conditions, and and you then um, come with a technical proposal. Yeah, yeah. So all of this started last year. You know, initially we speaking, we spoke with uh, Sydney Seaplanes. Thing with Volotea is that uh, we had a relationship with them going on. Uh, you know, since. 2019 and and back then we approached them with the concept of the brand new hybrid aircraft and they were interested they saw it like a long-term thing uh, but they were interested and we've been you know in discussions all this time in the meantime uh, we uh, uh, initiated this relationship with Sydney seaplanes in this case it was about retrofitting aircrafts and uh, you know thanks to our relationship our existing relationship with Volotea, we also told them, look, you know, uh, we're working with uh, this smaller operator in Australia. Maybe this model could be of interest to you. Uh, we told them what we think the technology could do. And they actually started, uh, we, we worked together a little bit to explore potential routes, potential missions that they could do. Uh, and they found that even if they don't operate that type of, that type of aircraft right now, uh, they could find a very interesting market for it. And uh, they said, okay, well, this could work. So, uh, you know, let's, let's uh, keep talking. Uh, and now in the context of uh, uh, these programs to, uh, I guess, revitalize the industry in Europe, you know, after COVID, uh, yeah, what we've decided is to put together a proposal. Uh, and in this case, Air Nostrum uh, has joined also the, the effort to uh, attract funding and uh, yeah, to develop uh, a comprehensive program to start with nine seaters, but then move into 19 seaters, uh, retrofit them, certify them, and basically, you know, uh, let them to try to operate them for a little while and hopefully uh, become another another uh, offering, you know, within their portfolio of services, routes, and aircrafts. That would be uh, a type of operation, like it's nine to 19 seat. A bit of a departure from what they they're doing now, but I, I must say I I know the people at Volotea well because I had the chance to work in a project that involved this company a few years ago. So I know they are very very forward looking and very uh, very tech savvy. So yeah. I'm, I'm not surprised that they are looking into innovative uh, innovative. Yeah, and, and Carlos Muñoz, you know, their CEO has been always you know very supportive and uh, really keen on you know listening to uh, what we can offer. Um, I guess that yeah, they, they need to be also realistic in terms of yeah, the, the current situation, their business model and all of that. But yeah, as you said, uh, they're really open to uh, explore uh, different and new possibilities. And uh, I guess yeah, it's a departure of uh, the, the typical capacity that uh, they, they, typically, they typically use, you know, the aircraft, the type of aircraft that they use. But uh, what we're seeing, what they're seeing is that, uh, yeah, with these numbers, with these figures, you know, in terms of uh, uh, operating costs, energy consumption, and so on, uh, you can actually make 
other routes possible and you can make other markets uh, uh, and other opportunities viable. Uh, maybe routes that they're not operating right now, but they're very dynamic in, in looking for new opportunities. And what they're realizing is that uh, with this new technology, uh, yeah, new markets can be open and, and new commercial opportunities can be realized. Because the uh, operational costs will go down significantly, yeah. I guess, with electrics. Yeah, so in terms of energy costs, in terms of maintenance costs, those are the biggest uh, benefits of electrification. And I guess the route that we're following with retrofitting is making the best of existing platforms, uh, uh, adapting what is really disruptive of uh, electrification, that is the power plant, uh, and turn conventional aircraft into electric. Again, you know, taking advantage of the, the main uh, uh, benefits that are uh, lower energy costs, lower maintenance costs. Mm -hmm. And the power plant, uh, if I understand correctly, you have a, a partnership with uh, Magnix, as well. mm -hmm. which is an, yeah. it's an airline, uh, sorry, an airline, uh, a company that um, started in Australia as well, uh, although now yes. they are based in Canada Seattle. or yeah, in Seattle. Seattle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, look, I guess that uh, yeah, we we uh, you know linked all the the dots together when we started speaking with Sydney seaplanes. Uh, these guys are operating caravans. The first demonstration flights that Magniex uh, did were with caravans too, Cessna caravans. Uh, and yeah, the the motor that they're developing is is basically a replacement of uh, the PT6, the the turboprop that the caravans mount. Uh, so uh, we started, you know, uh, having discussions, the, the three companies, uh, and basically we'd reach an agreement uh, through which uh, yeah, we're planning to retrofit, uh, to retrofit uh, uh, Cessna caravans with uh, uh, the, the Magni X motor. Uh, and actually, uh, we have a, uh, an agreement in principle to become the exclusive integrators of those motors in Australia. So the idea is that uh, Dante Aeronautical should have exclusivity uh, with those motors in Australia and uh, New Zealand and the, the Pacific Islands. For the Cessna Caravan or for all type of aircraft? To, in, to integrate the, the Magni 650, that is their motor, uh, their the electric motor uh, in Cessna Caravans. Mm -hmm. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I had a chance to speak with um, the CEO of uh, Sydney Seaplanes, and I'm going to post a link to the show notes mm -hmm. so that um, mm -hmm. everyone that wants to check this interesting project, they, they want to fly between uh, Sydney Harbour and Canberra, where there's apparently there's a lake that yeah. mm -hmm. you can land downtown. Um, quite yeah. interesting. Although they will start with conventional aircraft yep. and yep. they have the idea to electrify later on. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why we started speaking with uh, Sydney Seaplanes is because right now they, uh, you know, the typical flights are scenic flights, scenic tours around uh, Sydney Harbour, and they're like 15, 20 minute uh, uh, long flights. And that is yeah, the, the ideal first step to bring electrification because the current technology as it is. Uh, yeah, is good enough for that. Uh, yeah, for for the longer flights that they're planning uh, between Sydney and Canberra, for instance, yeah, we'll need to bring other technologies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, where do you see the whole electrification uh, wave going? Do you have um, a, a time frame in your mind uh, of what can we expect in the coming years in, in this yeah. field? Yeah, so what we think 
you know, uh, the, the technology and the market is going to do is basically what we're trying to do. That is first bring uh, electric power plants to existing aircraft simply because you can hit the market way quicker and you can start uh, operating profitably certain routes. There will be niche routes like, uh, yeah, you know, these 15, 20 minute uh, scenic tours or, uh, you know, the kind of uh, short flights that you can find uh, with uh, companies providing services to, to islands, I mean, island hopping. So, uh, and that's something that uh, we could see uh, commercially operating in the next three years. Uh, and that's, uh, that's basically our plan. From then on, what we'll see is that uh, other technologies will be required, like, uh, for instance, using fuel cells you know, as a range extender. You could also go hybrid with uh, an internal combustion engine. That uh, was our, our, our original idea. And that will extend uh, the range and the commercial applicability of that technology. Uh, so I would, what, what we expect is that uh, in the next five, six years, you will start seeing 19-seaters doing 100, 200, 300, 400 kilometer flights. Uh, and uh, that will become, uh, I guess, a, a, a new uh, tool in order to operate uh, certain routes that, again, until recently have not been profitable. Uh, 20 years ago, we could see, particularly in the US, a lot of uh, little airlines providing these kind of services with small turboprops. And most of them have disappeared simply because they were not sustainable uh, in economic terms. So now we're going to see that uh, electrification is going to make possible, um, again, those type of routes and even shorter routes. And that's what we predict uh, we're going to see in the market in the next four to six years. And what are the main obstacles for airlines and operators adopting this technology? Is there any catch? I mean, is there a cost? Um, barrier that prevents more more widespread adoption of uh, electric engines uh, is the, the retrofitting cost is it um, the lack of infrastructure what 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 are the what are the catches here well I guess that uh, there are a combination of uh, several things first uh, yeah in order to to make this possible again we'll need to see uh, uh, you know uh, or uh, the operators that will benefit from this te technology breakthrough will be the, the ones like Sydney seaplanes or other operators doing very short flights, right? Uh, and from there, yeah, you know, we'll need to extend into other things. If, if you have an airline uh, where they're doing way longer flights uh, and you try to introduce this technology, probably that is not going to work. But from there, we can start stretching, extending that, uh, that, uh, that range. But well, in terms of hurdles, uh, I guess that uh, certification is going to be a big one, uh, simply because there's no regulation right now uh, that tells you what is what you need to do. Uh, I mean, regulators like EASA, FAA, CASA here in Australia are developing those rules as, as we speak. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, depending on how fast they go, uh, so we will see this, this happening or not, or happening faster, because I think it's going to happen no matter what. It will be a question of uh, when. Uh, so, for instance, a typical example is uh, yeah, right now when we're talking about retrofitting in a, a, a conventional aircraft with uh, an electric power plant, uh, some of the question that uh, uh, one of the questions that uh, regulators ask themselves is, does it require uh, a new type certificate or, or supplemental type certificate is, is enough? Just for um, people to understand an STC, a supplemental type certificate, is like, you know, you do like a little uh, upgrade. It may not be so little, but it's 
kind of an upgrade and the rest of the aircraft still applies and uh, the certification that uh, the OEM uh, put in the first place is still applicable, right? But if they decide that uh, you require a new type certificate, you need to basically certify the aircraft as if it were new, in which case the process will be way longer and more expensive. So those are the type of uh, regulatory issues that uh, could uh, hinder the, the development of electric aviation. But we're hearing, what we're seeing is that uh, uh, yeah, uh, regulatory bodies uh, and regulatory uh, organizations are really uh, keen on seeing this happening. But uh, yeah, that needs to be a reality, not just just the government. So mm -hmm. that would be uh, another one. And the other one would be just technology, how fast the technology is going to grow. I was mentioning before that the, the, the point to start is uh, short flights. But uh, obviously for this to really uh, change aviation, uh, ranges need to be, uh, or longer ranges need to be possible. So one significant uh, enabler of uh, this kind of uh, uh, technologies and, and new opportunities are going to be uh, better batteries, but batteries will take us up to a point, and the next step is fuel cells. There's no fuel cell for aviation right now certified, so we need to see that happening in the next few years. And there are a few companies working on that. Working on that. We're actually in, in discussions with them. Uh, now the question is how fast that is going to happen, whether it's something that is going to take three, four years, as we're expecting, or it's going to take 10, in which case yeah, all of these business models yeah, would take way longer to, to materialize. Mm -hmm. The batteries, how many do you fit into the uh, caravan conversion? And where do you feed them? <laughs> that's that's a good a good uh, uh, case or a good a good question. Um, and look, you know that is part of the the work that we're doing, right? You know to find the different you know places or locations within the, the airframe to put uh, those batteries. In the case of the Cessna Caravan, particularly the, the larger versions, they have a cargo pod, you know, basically under the belly of the aircraft. That actually it could be a, an ideal place to um, yeah, to locate the battery packs. So that that could be you know an easy an easy answer at least for the land plane. When we're talking about seaplanes, yeah, the situation or, or the, the the problem may be a little bit more difficult. But uh, yeah, there there are also other alternatives, and that's what we're looking into, and and that is a significant part of our development efforts. Where is the uh, science of batteries currently uh, when it comes to the safety? I know that some electronic devices had issues with uh, overheating batteries and all that. Is this uh, still an issue or there are ways to mitigate this, this potential risk? It is still an issue, but there are ways to mitigate that. For instance, right now, there's a, an electric aircraft that has been certified by EASA, the PP Strel. I don't know. I don't the Bellis, the, the, the Bellis, I think. The Bellis, I, I had, yes. Um, uh, and... I had Mr. Boscarol here, the founder of Pipistrel here on the podcast recently yeah. as well. So yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't just so speak about this. So you've heard that uh, firsthand. So look, you know, these guys have managed to, uh, to solve that problem, at least for a very specific application. It is true that uh, it involves yeah, certain, you know, strict requirements in terms of cooling, in terms of energy management, but that is possible. Uh, you need to guarantee that uh, if you have some malfunctioning, some thermal runaway issue, you're going to be able to extinguish, you're going to be able to terminate that without uh, any, uh, I guess, uh, without extending that, uh, that overheating to the surrounding cells. Uh, with the right cooling technology, that is possible. And again, uh, the pipistrel case is proof of that. Uh, so that's that's uh, an area of, uh, I guess, attention that uh, whether we do it internally or working with uh, with uh, with partners, definitely we need to uh, to solve. 
the, the battery pack of the Cessna Caravan is going to be bigger than the, uh, the Pipistrel one. Uh, but again, you know, it's, it's just, you know, something doable and, uh, yeah, you know, the current technology can, can find solutions to that problem. And aside from the Sydney Seaplanes project, you are also involved in another seaplane startup project uh, in Spain, in, uh, in the Balearic Islands, Isla Air, I think it's called. Yeah. What is your role here in this project? I think they are planning to start with conventionally powered aircraft yeah. uh, really soon this yeah. year already. I think this summer season. Yeah. They have this idea of switching to electric whenever it's possible. What can you tell us about your involvement in this project and this project in general? So um, yeah, we've we've we had uh, initially discussions with Islaer last year, and again it was like a, a natural extension of the work that we're doing with uh, Sydney Seaplanes because basically it's you know a very similar operation, uh, and in particular Islaer are planning to do some routes like uh, Ibiza Formentera, that is a very short flight, could be even shorter than the flights that uh, Sydney Seaplanes uh, does here in, in Australia. Uh, and again, you know, an ideal case to introduce electrification. And I think that also because of the reasons, because of, uh, uh, I guess, uh, you know, sustainability reasons around uh, an island like Formentera that doesn't have an airport, yeah, would probably push them to, to um, try to introduce electrification in, in their uh, fleet. So that's, that's uh, the use case, so to speak, that uh, yeah, we're trying to develop with them. Uh, for now, this is, uh, you know, very uh, preliminary conversations and discussions in terms of uh, how could that uh, make work. And actually, what we envisage is that uh, uh, they could be part of uh, this uh, larger project with Volotea and Ernostrum. So Islaer actually could be another party to that, to that uh, uh, larger project. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but both airlines have a, a strong presence there in the, in the Balearic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it would make sense if you could link some dots with uh, some other larger routes that are connecting with the with the wider world yeah could be an interesting interesting mm-hmm. situation very well and so you're you're a relatively young company what are your plans for the future are you uh, looking for venture capital are you looking for new markets um yeah. what tell us so uh yeah, looking for funding, you know, when you're a, a startup is always a, a part of uh, your efforts, a significant part of your efforts. And actually, yeah, particularly we go ahead with this larger project, yeah, it will require also, even if we get uh, a public support, uh, yeah, we're going to need also uh, private funding. And uh, yeah, right now we're in also in that process. So um, that, that funding separately will be also required for our efforts here in Australia with Sydney Seaplanes. So mm-hmm. obviously that is a significant part of uh, yeah, our uh, short-term objectives. Uh, we're also working in different parts of the development uh, in terms of, for instance, uh, we, want to have a, we want to have the capability to test our power plants in the ground thoroughly before we put anything in an aircraft uh, to accelerate uh, and streamline certification. Uh, and we're also uh, looking at the different configurations that for the different aircrafts uh, would be uh, more interesting or more attractive, particularly with the 19-seaters. With the 9-seater, yeah, we focused on the caravan, but uh, with the 9-seater, we have more options. So, yeah, we have a, a few smaller technology projects that we're working on. Uh, and obviously, moving forward, also uh, growing the team. So, again, you know, probably the, the typical challenges that uh, a technology startup uh, faces uh, in uh, of uh, its uh, stages of life. Mm-hmm. 
So people that want to learn more about Dante Aeronautical, where should they go? What's your website and where can they um, find more so, information? Yeah, so definitely our website, uh, www.danteaeron.com. Uh, Aeron, ending in N. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's basically the name of the company, but uh, we cut it short because, yeah, Dante Aeronautical was probably too short or too long, you know, to uh, to be remembered or to uh, yeah, to place it in, in many, many, uh, yeah, many other websites and, and uh, portals. So, yeah, we cut it short to Dante Aeron. Uh, and we have also our LinkedIn page, uh, you know, so if you look in, in LinkedIn, Dante Aeronautical, yeah, you will be able to see, uh, uh, you know, our page. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we try to post uh, relevant news about uh, what we're doing uh, in our website. Yeah, you can find actually pictures and uh, videos uh, even uh, of our uh, brand new or sorry, of our uh, clean sheet uh, project, the Task 19, and also all the news about uh, these retrofit projects with uh, those airlines. Even that that famous picture we were talking about that uh, was yes <laughs> yeah, yeah so <laughs> that, uh, yeah. not entirely accurate but uh. yeah a, a few a few journalists went there you know went into the press the press uh, section of uh, the website and they started looking at uh, all the videos that look in the end that's also part of uh, uh, you know our development project and what we would like to see ideally is that uh, once that we retrofit these aircraft you know the caravan the 19-seater you know all the know-how all the learnings that uh, we're going to acquire you know powering existing aircraft with uh, electric power plants could be applicable to develop uh, that brand new aircraft and uh, in our roadmap actually we've uh, highlighted that first is going to be the 19 the nine seater then the 19 seater both retrofits and after that uh, it will be the certification of the brand new aircraft mm-hmm. it is true that that is probably a you know uh, eight to ten years away and uh, right now what we're focusing is again you know retrofitting uh, existing aircraft simply because we think that uh, uh, the business model is clear the time frame is uh, you know uh, doable realistic uh, and uh, yeah, it could actually contribute to uh, uh, the evolution and the progress uh, of the uh, and bringing electrification to the aviation industry. That I think is, is going to be the future. Electrification is going to revolutionize the industry and we want to be part of that. But you're still, still on the cards, huh? that, that concept? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and, and look, you know, that has been a lot of work that has been particularly here in Australia with um, mm-hmm. uh, University of Sydney. Uh, and uh, yeah, you know, that's, that's also part of the plan. Well, all the best with uh, all these projects that you are working on. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure having you here today on the, mm-hmm. on the podcast. I invite everyone to go check these concepts on your website. I'm going to post mm-hmm. some links here on the, on the show notes okay. as well, so that people can check as well the Sydney Seaplanes mm-hmm. uh, project, the Balearic Islands project, and uh, well, some of the other stuff we've been talking about here today. Mm-hmm. So thank you so much, yeah. David. Thank you, Miguel. And uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure for me to uh, be here with you. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, hopefully you will be hearing more from us in the near future. Let's hope so. Good night, because it's uh, almost, uh, it must be late there. Huh? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. You know, 10 hours uh, later here, you know, at yeah. least, you know, before <laughs> the time changes. Yeah, but, uh, just starting the day here. Yeah. Thank you so much okay. and speak soon. Bye. Thank you, Miguel. Before you go, and if you like this podcast, A quick reminder that it would be absolutely great if you could please give it a rating on Apple, Spotify or whichever platform you are using or recommend it to a friend or whomever might be interested. Thank you very much and see you soon.